0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood Redefined. You're listening to And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech.
1: What's up? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture and geek culture from a black tech perspective. No, that's not right.
2: (laughs) I'm Joe Brazwell. I'm joined, as always, by Keely Shine. What's happening, Keely? What's good, man? How you doing? Chilling, man. Ready to to get into the show, man? Talk about all this Comic Con stuff. What yeah, you, what you got, Comic Con, uh, 2014.
1: Uh, you know, so we all know every year, uh, San Diego has something called San Diego Comic-Con where all of the worlds, um, all the, the, the geeks and nerds of the world converge in one lovely place. Uh, and not just the geeks and nerds, but a lot of gigantic media companies and studios and television companies and, and everyone. It, 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 we talked about this last year, but it's really more of a pop culture convention than it is a, uh, uh, a, um.
2: It's more of a pop culture convention than it is a um, a comic book convention. Yeah, it's becoming less and less more of a comic book convention than ever. Now, there is still,
1: but I, you know, I, this year I decided to I, I attend this year, and it was um, it was great. You know, it, it was very, I you know, the one thing I will say is just sort of as a media guy, and as a guy, as a fan, it was very seamish. It very, you know, it, it felt like it felt like oh, back at Comic Con, like. You know, NBC has the one spot still, what used to be the Dracula Cafe is now the Blacklist Cafe. And then, you know, Sony has their spot. And you know, I mean, in terms of out, out in and around San Diego, sci-fi has the giant cafe at the Hard Rock, mm-hmm. uh, promoting a different show. It, it, it's It's starting to feel a little, I don't know, you know, how you, go, you know, you are in Vegas, you kind of go to Vegas, and you know, kind of, oh, there's the Mirage, and then there's the. Da, 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 da. And although it's very comfortable, it still feels very corporate from what it used to be back when I was young in the, in the 30s. Uh, it, you know, if, if Comic Con's feeling very much like that on the outside. And then on the inside, you know, the. All the vendors, everyone's sort of in the same space, right? So I can really have a blindfold and go to all the same, exact same vendors as we did as we did last year, and they're all there, from big to small, the Warner Brothers booth, the Nez booth. So you're saying it's formulaic? It is formulaic, and I felt like I really, I really feel like that was really, really sort of interested to carve out a unique experience this time around. And obviously, the players are somewhat different in terms of the the, the wares that the studios are rolling out and the, and, and the networks are rolling out. Um, and, and, you know, and there's also different individuals hawking different comic books and different things there, but for the most part, it's, it's very same-ish. And I'm, I don't know, I'm not, know i I'm not, not going to start this podcast on like a sort of a, on a sort of a bleak and not a bleak note, but sort of
2: a downer note, but maybe I just had trade show fatigue. I mean, I've, I've kind of heard that, you know, I mean, I didn't go to Comic-Con this year, but just reading the, the reviews from friends and just, you know, blogs, it seems like that's kind of accurate. Like it doesn't seem there was really like an evolution or a progression or, you know, anything. Additional, any additional, um, um, I guess, reward of going like it seemed like it was just the same old, same old. Just different, maybe different uh, shows or different movies coming out this year, but right. the, but the format, the setup, the experience was very similar. So it's very, it's very sameish. And unless you, unless you can get into, unless your media or unless you
1: can get into, you know, the Hall H's of the world, it is. I mean, your your specific experience is very much. I don't know. It's very very limited to. um you know, to, 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 to the outside and the outside is always the same. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I just as at a glance, my experience was whatever. Now, all that being said, I still had a great time. I mean, I'm still a nerd and I still want to go and, and, and do it. What I found myself doing this time, though, I did spend a lot of, I went to this big long rant about that because you mentioned that it's no longer the comic book convention that it once was. Um, I actually, jumped in and spent a lot of time in the comic book section, uh, sections. And I really went and got a lot, saw a lot of the books, a lot of the old books, a lot of the new books. And, um, I met my man DMC from Run DMC, which was a, which was a life highlight for me, you know, I took a picture, talked to him for a minute. He has a, actually, of course, who doesn't, has a comic book coming out, a comic novel coming out in DMC.
2: But, it was, so, um, I, mean, I, I just, I, I read that a lot of vendors are unhappy with I guess the popular the, the popularization of Comic Con, like they feel it's being too commercialized, and they feel like the amount of of resources it requires for them to get that vendor space is not really rewarding, you know the the promotion for their for their product or the financial financial reward, and so a lot of them are saying that maybe more of a niched version of Comic Con or or a smaller sure. size version of Comic Con is more effective for their business. Yeah, and and they're saying like, hey, it's just, it's become just too popular now. Well, I think you hear that.
1: This is one of the things you kind of hear every year where it's like, uh, it, it's the same sort of conversation every year, which is something to the effect of, you know, this, there should be a pop culture v- convention and then there should be a comic book convention, you know, and then maybe we can do them on, maybe spend the first two days. Three, even three days on media, and one day that's only comic books, or whatever that is. I don't know. That's, or have them separately. But, uh, and also, the last thing I'll say on this, we'll move on to some specifics in terms of the goings-on of Comic-Con, which was a lot. Um, the placement, too. You you know, you know, the, the, In the middle of the hall, the, the C section, if you will, um, there is, you do have Warner Brothers and all these big sort of companies. And then, to, and then where Hall H is, you have some other large companies. But then over in the A's, way down there, it's where like it seems like that's where all the comics are now. and are kind of all sort of regulated to off into the corner, you know, which <laughs> is all the vendors, you know, all the, all the comic book sellers and all the, all the collectible people. So it, it, I did get that feeling of, um, you know, and also you have a huge video game presence. And we talked about E3, you know, we, us coming back from E3, you had a huge video game. A lot of those same video game folks, Xbox has a gigantic presence there. And so I as mean, is Nintendo.
2: I mean, you got to think too, like from, from the vantage point of, of San Diego as a city and just you know, the the, pop, the popularizing Comic-Con because of bringing in these big networks and brands and all that stuff, you know, brings so much money to the city. And if you just, if the focal point wasn't on on all the NBCs and CBSs of the world, you uh-huh. know, all that money wouldn't, all that revenue wouldn't be garnered by the city. Right. So I, I think, I mean, I, I think for for that perspective, too, Like like, if it was just Comic-Con, if it was just comic book focused, you wouldn't have that amount of traffic. Right. So...
1: Well, all that being said, some ish did go down at the con. I mean, there was some pretty cool things that did happen. And I guess it, you know, there's a lot of uh, interesting stories about sort of the winners and losers of Comic Con. But, you know, one of the things that, um, I mean, let's go down the list here, some of the cool things that happened. Let's, let's talk first about, uh, you know, the Warner Brothers, uh, sort of, uh, the, the Warner Brothers. was was actually taking the DC Comics thing where, um, Zack Snyder, came out to talk about Donna Justice and he did it in the in the sort of the you know came out and he brought out uh everyone he brought out uh henry Cav- Cavill, uh he brought out uh Ben affleck and he brought out uh Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman and that was kind of cool to see Superman uh, Batman and Wonder Woman all together and that, that, that was that was like a big sort of uh cool moment and then they released this dope ass photo of uh of, uh, Wonder Woman, which is still up, which is this beautiful form of, 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 Gail as what, uh, uh, as Wonder Woman who look, she is looking dope. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really sold on her initially, but I, I see her. That's kind of the Amazon. Just, I don't think that's the final costume, but that's like the Amazon Wonder Woman before she, you know, starts being a superhero, I imagine. But, um, yeah, with the sword and the kind of, you know, she's, I, I believe it. I like it. Um, but then they had a, a, a little bit of, uh, teaser footage of like Superman and Batman staring each other down. And, you know, for all the talk of sad Batman and, and Henry Cavill's you know, wax Superman in the first one, uh, they turned me around on this one. I'm, I'm excited. I'm back.
2: For sure. Well, I mean, what, what, what do you think is just what you read and, and know? I mean, we've covered, we covered, you know, this, this movie coming out on the show before. So, I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, these two, worlds collide, these two superheroes, you know, collaborate or whatever on screen. And, I uh, yeah, I mean, I think it will be an explosive, entertaining um, experience. Right. Um, but, yeah, I could only imagine, you know, being in Hall H and, and seeing, you know, them kind of unveil, you know, things that we just read in the blogs. It would be very exciting and, and invigorating and thrilling. So, I mean, just, yeah, the mock-ups, the, the pictures that I've seen and just, you know, Pretty much like this is one of the top things that happened at Comic Con. Yeah, And so, I mean, I think, I think, I think, yeah, this is going to be huge.
1: Well, this is surprising. I mean, there's there's been all these studies of like what's been the most talked about, uh, what's been the most tweeted about and talked about, and, and there's all these metrics on that. And surprisingly, uh Batman versus Superman was number one. And that, that's a shocker to me, and also shocker to folks at Marvel because they're pretty sure that Age of Ultron, which made a big splash, had the entire cast. They, they mm-hmm. will talk about this later, but they, you know, they unveiled a lot of stuff. And you know, that was like that was number four right? behind uh, uh this was number one. Teen Wolf was number two. Do you watch Teen Wolf? I do not. I will not. Stephen Lemieux, do you watch Teen Wolf?
3: No, but we have a great after show here at, at uh, AfterBuzz TV,
1: sister hear. network. That's what I hear. <laughs> and sister network. Apparently, Team Wolf is a big effing deal because that was the number two most talked about thing at Comic Con, and. In- You know, that's shocking. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then, you know. I thought
2: thought Game of Thrones took the number two spot in terms of the social
1: media presence and mentions. Oh, you know what? You're right.
2: Game of Thrones is number two. Teen Wolf is number three.
1: I misspoke. I'm sorry, I admit that. Uh, and then Walking Dead and then Age of Ultron. You're absolutely right. Uh, but still, Teen Wolf's number three! (laughs) Over Age of Ultron. That's still something. Anyway. So, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, let's talk about some of that. There's there's been a lot of talk about some of the, the winners and losers of Comic Con and everything. I'm gonna go through, like, um, you know, one of the big things at, at, at Comic Con were like the v- unveiling of all these sort of comic book TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. You had, uh, so many of these and they were like all well received. I mean, you had obviously, uh, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Arrow, but like, you know, Fox unveiled Gotham. Right. which which looks incredible. So the early days of of Gotham City with a young Commissioner Gordon and a young uh Bruce Wayne and a young Harry Harry Cobblepot like as a Penguin and Poison Ivy and Selina Kyle as Catwoman and so it was really kind of cool to see uh that looks really good. I'm I'm not really a fan of these kind of origin shows but I'd watch the hell out of that. It's a Fox show. So that, that that looked really good.
2: I think and I think that is kind of like the The highlight of of Comic-Con 2014 is that a lot of the, you know, superheroes, comic book heroes are now beginning to... Get some, 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 some shine on, you know, the second screen, the smaller screen, the television. Like, right. yeah, we see, we see it you on know, the proliferation of movies and big, big blockbuster films, but now you're seeing, you know, multiple TV shows that, that kind of showcase, you know, this culture. Right. So I think that is exciting to show the, the progression of that in a different, in a different media arena that we haven't seen before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, and then Flash
1: also looks incredible. You know, Gotham, Flash, uh, Constantine on NBC, iZombies. So like, a lot of a lot of a lot of comic movies. I mean, a lot of comic book TV shows. Another big winner, which was my hands down favorite thing of all the Comic Con, is the Max, the Mad Max Fury Road reveal. Like that thing. And I'm a big Road Warrior guy. I'm a big you know Mad Max trilogy guy. Uh, big George Miller guy. But man, so excited, man. I mean, have you seen this trailer? Yeah, stop. Oh my God. I mean, like, it's everything you want it to be. It's, 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 it's back. It sort of reminds me of like, you know, really the World Wars, the definitive movie where they did all that stuff, where mm-hmm. you're like, how did nine people not just get killed with their face right next to the tire going to 100 miles an hour? And they're kind of doing that. It looks like, and it looks a lot, looks very practical effects, just like yeah. the old. It doesn't look like a lot of CGI. CGI. So I don't know. I, I'm, that, that was the big winner for me. Um, you know, out, people talked about Outlander. Another guy who made a big splash there, uh, and I can never say his name, but Chuck Palaniuk, Pal- the, the, the author of Fight Club, he mm. was there and he was like rock star status bumping around. Like mm. he, you know, he has a, uh, Fight Club sequel that it, he that it did, it did in a graphic novel form, uh, Fight Club 2 that Dark Horse is doing and it was also a big hit. Um, you know, and then, Let's see, uh, you know, Age of Ultron made a big splash as we talked about. And Age of Ultron, you know, either they, they, they rolled out the whole, you know, you know, Kevin Marvel and Kevin Fee o- rolled out the entire cast of Age of Ultron, which is dope, including the new cast members, Paul Bettany and, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and, uh, my man whose name I can't remember, but the dude plays kick ass. Mm. gonna be Quicksilver. And, uh, and then they rolled out Josh Brolin as, um, as, Th- as Thanos, which is, Crazy and James Spader, and it was it was a lot, and it was very cool, and and they did a lot of stuff. And they had a great signing at the Marvel booth, which was pandemonium, um, and all that was really good to see. And Robert Downey Jr. was funny and cool, and a lot, I think a lot of that stuff is still online, minus the footage. And uh, like I said, I don't know if it's a question of over-saturation, over over-penetration, but the fact that that, what I thought would be the hugest splash, was number four, yeah. you know, was, I don't know what that says, because...
2: I mean, I mean it's a crapshoot. I, I think really, it really rests with, I guess, presentation, and just how the, the flow and energy of, of the Comic-Con is, like, what people gravitate to, because I think, you, you would assume that that would be number one, because of the, the budget, because of the, the press, but, I mean, some things, some things, man sneak up and attack you.
1: And there's no and there's no I think it has a lot to do there's no real surprise there, right? So right. we kind of already know who's in the Avengers. The big reveal was Josh Brolin. I mean, no disrespect to Josh Brolin, but he's just Josh Brolin, you know. So right. uh Elizabeth Olsen's not getting butts in seats although she's she's fine, hot. Uh you know, so I don't know.
2: I mean, I think I think, we, I think you hit it right on the head. The surprise factor is that like a lot a lot of the news that was broken. Comic-Con really wasn't news. stuff that people already knew about. They were able just to see it maybe, you know, firsthand or closer, but uh, versus like last year, there was a lot more news. I felt that was broken or like more, more, uh, key yeah you know experiential things that you could see that hey, oh this is happening. Oh wow surprise. The surprise factor was definitely there last year well, versus this year.
1: Like like a big surprise which was very cool was like the Edge of Tomorrow panel. Like you know it's like oh we're doing they didn't know what it was and then next thing you know it's Edge of Tomorrow, this crazy movie with Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise. And right, right. Tom Cruise comes out and you know it was like, oh well that's something, you know yeah. uh but you know this year and then so Marvel also rolled out the Ant Man people uh, which Paul Rudd, which you knew, and, and Edgar Wright, who I love as the director, is is not on it anymore. He left the project, and there's um, this other cat who uh, his name is this me right this very second is directing. But um, it's got you know Michael Douglas and is in it as well, and um, and Evangeline Lilly, and so it looks you know it looks promising, but even that doesn't really move the meter for me. Like as as a reveal, I mean I'm, I'm excited about the movie. But I don't care, you know, see Michael Douglas walk out on the stage, that that wasn't a surprise <laughs> for me. I that literally like, oh, okay. Uh the thing that was a sort of a disappointment, um for me was and there's a lot of happening, but the thing that was oh, I think I want to talk about it really quickly. Interstellar. That was dope at the owner of this presentation. That was you know, that that's the new Chris Nolan movie, um, with Matthew McConaughey and um um uh, my girl... Uh, who's named Oscar winner Anne Hathaway? Thank you, and Anne Hathaway, who uh that movie looks like. You know, everything Christopher Nolan touches to me is is super dope. But have you seen the extended trailer for that yet? I have not.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sleep on that one.
1: Yeah, that one. They they had a teaser earlier with just sort of like you know teasing. You know, earth, stuff's bad on Earth, and they've got to go to Earth, and it just seems like a kind of a family drama. The way they did the first teaser ta- trailer, but at the very last bit of the trailer, they show that now nah, I've got to go to space, and it ends like that. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. In the new trailer, they spent a lot of time, and like, yeah, and kind of like them. And it looks like the what, what, whatever they're doing, um, I'm all in. I believe it. That's fine. That was very, very exciting. Um, I don't know, man. But the thing that I was really shocked about, which was kind of like a bummer to me, was um, the the the, the non Star Wars presence ah, reveal. Cool. Like you know, on the, on, on the thing on the uh, thing, it's like tw- you know, Fox presentation or you know. I'm like, oh yeah, twentieth. This is going to be it. Right. Like you know. <laughs> I, you know, run down there, and it's like there's no Star Wars. So I really was expecting. I mean, mainly because they're hard at work filming, mm-hmm. and and they're and they're going to keep it a secret. And frankly, it's Lucasfilm; and they don't have to really roll out at Comic Con because it's friggin' Star Wars. Of course, but it would have been nice to. You talk about giving something to the fans. when You're
2: talking about popular culture. You would expect something like Star Wars of that magnitude to be, have some presence at Comic Con. Yeah, something yeah. like
1: a, give me a <laughs> give me a teaser. Give me like. I don't know. So anyway, that, that was a big disappointment for me. Um, I don't know. And then, um, and that, that's really it. They, the, there's one story that talks about sort of the, the fantastic moments, if you will. Um, and you know, the, the coolest moments of Comic Con. I mean, we, we, we hit on, we hit on most of them. Um, uh, let's see here. Let me, um, oh, yeah, this is, never mind. Yeah. We, we
2: I think we hit on all the moments. I mean, I think that there's no real, um, I mean, so, so, so what were your personal top, you know, three, I mean, I, last year, some of the costuming was pretty huh? intricate and, uh, I mean, was there any crazy costumes this year? Yeah.
1: Uh, on my Instagram, I posted at, uh, Joe K. Braswell, I, I saw this dude in the street, this zombie kid who was like doing the, doing the sort of body contortion. There's these three zombie kids. They're actually all over any all, Comic-Con media as far as the best costumes. Cause they were like zombied out really cool. These three black kids and like. But this one dude was doing a full body contortion.
2: He's all on my grill, looking all zombieish, And And uh, he freaked me out. What about the parties this year? I know last year, a few of them were, were really good. What about this year? You know, it's a funny thing. The parties, I, you know,
1: this is going to sound, this is super Hollywood. So I don't even know how to even say this, but... I'm kind of over the whole, the parties this year. I kind of, I'm kind of over it. We, you know, we, the, you know, there's a, the one that's like always really great. The two that are the greatest are the Nerd HQ party and the EW party, right? So the Nerd HQ party is still the highlight. It's still incredible. It's fun. It's, people are dancing, having fun. It's a real party. Everything else is kind of like a bunch of suits standing around, like holding you know, holding martini glasses and shoving tacos in her mouth. Like it's free food and it's free alcohol, but it's not fun. So I kinda of gonna have fun. And so mm-hmm. I think that we end up like I mean the Sharknado two part, it us see the uh uh the NBC, the Warner Brothers, the AMC, like nothing was really like that's jumping a, off. That's
2: interesting. We ended up I'm at, actually surprised by that.
1: I, well, I mean, for me, I don't know, because I remember last year I was like, the parties, you know, and was, but, but this year I just felt like I had a lot more fun. We went to the Blue Bur- the blue burro and, and listened to some hip hop and drank a bunch of tequila and then went to some country western bar and, 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 and did line dancing all night, not me. But, uh, you know, like that was those 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 things were a lot more fun and, and, you know, and hung out with, you know, some some met some great individuals that are, you know, and, and TV people and, and p- actors that are on that also opted out of some of the parties and went to go have some fun in the gas lamp. So um, I don't know. I feel like that there's it, it, is, it is the gas lamp. So people go there anyway. Like I you go there anyway to go to bars and hang out and go to clubs and stuff. So there's a lot to do. And there was also oh, there's one thing I'll say. There is something called uh, slam that happens uh this is also a hot tip for coming on it happens in the bayfront hotel and it's free and it's not a real official party but it's in the the odyssey in the in in the in the bayfront and it's kind of like an ew after party if you will but everyone ends up there from the ew part from all the parties in town everyone ends up there and it's free and that's as good as anything
2: so sounds like overall man um this is an off year for Comic Con. That's that's what I, that's the sense that I get from you know what I've read, what I've heard from you, from read from other, from what I've listened from other people that've been. Sounds like it's a flat year. It was flat.
1: It felt very very flat to me. I mean, I don't. I mean, I wish I I wish I. I wish I was usually excited to come back with all this great Comic Con news and all the great sights and sounds. But I really don't have much more to report than we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that. It's also, it's, it's just a gigantic spectacle. So if you haven't been, you should definitely go for the, for the people, the fans, the cosplay. I mean, I still, you know, the, still the number one costume I see, which I don't understand. Like I see it all that I can't see enough is Deadpool. Hmm. Deadpool from Marvel. I don't like, how's Deadpool so popular? I, I saw like 50 Deadpools. I saw a giant, Belly d- Deadpool. I seen girls as Deadpools. I seen I that, that that's probably the number one costume I saw. Um zombies. I saw ton of, you know, a ton of zombies. Um that's, you know, a lot of a lot of arrows this year. A lot of arrow arrow was big this year. A lot of arrows. Um and a lot of um you know, a lot of uh, um a lot of Game of Thrones, a lot of Khaleesi's of course. Um so other than that, like, I don't know. Uh, hey. You know.
2: It's so, what it is. I guess we, we can look forward to Comic-Con 2015. <sighs> I Let's, suppose. Yeah. I right. mean, I've, have you ever been to the New York one? No, I've not oh. been to the New
1: York Comic-Con. Right. And, I, and I think that I'm going to go this year. But I don't, you know, I always sort of feel like San Diego yeah. was the one and the place to be. But, of course. Um, I mean... I don't know. That's. I mean, that's. That, that's. That's really all I have. I mean, there's. There's. Let's see. I mean, we can get into. Um, you want to get into some tech news? Hey, man, that's up to you, sir. Let's, <laughs> well, let's hit on a couple things. I want. I do want to hit on. Uh, you know, we can get through all this. Oh, there's our guy Hannibal. Um, I want. I do want to get into a couple things. I do want to get into this. Uh, this this new this new app. This new this new app. Uh. Uh, for the, people talk about the idea of the Uber for pot, if you will. The app, the app that'll allow you to ease. Huh? It's called ease. Ease, yeah. yes. Um, and that is, you know, I mean, in, in states of California where it's me- medically legal in states like Colorado where it's recreation, recreationally legal in Washington. Um, the idea of being able to, you know, um, on an app, Look at these different strains. Find these different strains. Hit a button, and then you know I don't know. You hit a button, and someone delivers delivers your 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 stuff for you, the weed to you, the medicine.
2: I mean, I I think this is retarded, man. Like so many brothers that have been locked up in prison over selling weed, and now you're developing an app where someone can bring you some weeds at your doorstep. Yes, I think it's I think it's very ironic, and um, that we come to this point where you know this is even acceptable. Or not even highly, heavily criticized, but I think it's funny. I think it's a gimmick. So, so a I there, think the
3: problem bit. with it is the fact that the people who are arrested beforehand for the weed dealing are not being released, right? Because people are now in jail from before doing this, yeah. While it's going on right now, that's, that's a good it. point. That's, that's, good. that's a great that's point,
1: Stephen. Because I was you not know, have been in Colorado working on a project that is, um, you know, cannabis-related, if you will, and uh, I actually had an opportunity to see this, you know, being pitched in this sort of like Shark Tank environment and. uh uh, it was something that, you know, the, the people in the room like, of course. And it's all these like, yay, because like now we're, we're talking about a multi-billion-dollar industry as this thing is recreation legalized in Colorado alone, um, let alone when it gets to be legalized. And I'm all for it, but you make a good point. Both you make a good point. I mean, but my, I'm asking you, Keely, is this an issue for you because you're anti-legalization, I mean, or an issue because you not, feel like
2: it's not really an issue for me? I just think it's it's just to me. I think it's a gimmick. I don't see people. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I'm not uh, akin to this 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 weed culture in the sense that I would purchase weed from my iPhone. Right. Like that's not the culture I was raised in. You purchase weed from the homie down the street. Right. So I mean, this is that's just a it's just a foreign way of looking at it. Well, I don't. I don't really purchase anything of consumption on my phone and have someone bring it to me. Like, but you,
1: but you only purchase weed from the homie down the street because you can't go get it at Seven Eleven. You know, okay. so 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 in a world where you can get it at Seven Eleven on your app,
2: like, but if it, I can
1: get it at Seven Eleven, why not just go to Seven Eleven? Well, I know my, my point is is that are you? I guess the question I'm asking you are you resistant to the the, the laws and sort of the things? You, you you sound like a like a
2: you know like a like a I think you sound I, like me, like an old dude right now. I just like no, oh, no, I remember the days. No, no, not at all. I just think it's audacious. That's audacious because I know a lot of people personally that have been locked up for you know. Just having weed, right. not even selling it, just having it, having it in their pocket, and now you know you can go online and and purchase it, like through your phone, through your smartphone. Like that's, I mean, it's crazy. But I guess you know things evolve, All right? Um, po- policies evolve, and, All right. um, I mean, yeah, I mean we're we're in the, we're in the the time and space where. Marijuana is a part of our culture and will, it will continue to be even more so. So, I mean, I think a lot of people in in terms of their value system and just how they operate, they'll have to adapt to it because I don't think it's going anywhere. Right. So. Well, I think, I think
1: I, I, I actually like the idea because I like, I like it as a business model for those people who don't want to go out to actually go to the homie around the way or go out to the dispensary, even when they make a dispensary like, you know, like some of these companies in Colorado are trying to do, make it like a Starbucks or like a Barnes and Noble or, or, you know, or like a Apple store, which is the way these things are going. But even still, like, people don't, don't want to do that. Like, so. Uh, it is, it, I think it's a decent business model. I do, I'm a thousand percent up on what you're saying and, and what Lemieux said is I think that there needs to be, every time this stuff is legalized and people are making, you know, making these, making these giant, uh, have these capitalistic app- opportunities based on it, uh, you have to be able to look back and the people who weren't so uh, fortunate and were trying to be capitalists in their own way, they're locked up for nonviolent crimes, primarily black folks, Um, and brown folks, like, they should be released or those laws should be lifted. It's almost like to live in it does make you angry to live in a society where it's like, well, it's illegal for all these years. We're going to lock you guys up for specifically war on drugs, but now it's illegal. Okay. Now we're going to make a whole bunch of money off it. You guys stay in jail. Like that's what it feels, you know, so that there, there is something to that. Uh, And, and, and um, I think that needs to be addressed.
2: I Uh, mean, well, I mean, again, we talked about marijuana on the show a few times, just the, the fusing of tech and, and marijuana, I think, it will, you know, we'll begin to see more interesting products and, and ways of distribution that, I mean, we haven't seen. And I think that's what's cool about, you know, technology that you could fuse it with anything. But I, I think with this idea, I think it's, it has a lot of inherent problems. Like, how are you going to, you know, protect the, the person that's delivering the weed? Well, if I order weed from whatever company, from Ease, they deliver it to my doorstep and someone, you know, gets them before they get to my doorstep. Like, I see that happening all the time. Well, if they get to your doorstep, maybe you just jack them. (laughs) I'm sure if I – well, it's not really a jack if I pay for it on my phone. That's true. That's that's exactly right. Uh, Well, uh, the the other –
1: just really quickly because it's slightly off topic, but I want to mention it. You know, in that – in my sort of visit to to Denver and this weed-related project that, you know, I think we're both working on is that – uh, you know, what's what I what I learn what I'm learning is is the legalization of recreational marijuana is one thing, but there's gotta be a whole sort of Business infrastructure that's built around this. So there's there's all these businesses that I'd never even thought of ex- existing that has to be formed and created and cultivated just to be able to support the idea of selling weed. And one of them is a security like it's called Canada Securities guys who walk around in these giant armored cars, like fully SWAT team trained dudes. Who do that? Because you got a lot of product going from place to place. That's a good point. Like, who, this is, this is, so how do you transport that stuff? It's just like transporting money. So, there's a whole company that, that that's rolling out armored cars, and armored personnel, and guards, and da 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 And It's just,
2: it's just interesting to see all these other ancillary businesses form around, you know, what's I mean, happening with, with weed. Sa- same kind of parallel, you know, during Prohibition, or before, and maybe a little time after you had armored people, armored Guys, you know, gangsters. Gangsters, whatever. <laughs> um when they would deliver, you know, alcohol or whatever. Yeah. I mean, but now alcohol is just whatever, just like cigarettes, whatever. I think right. in the future we will be whatever. Right. You won't need a
1: you know, armored yeah. you know, person to deliver a truck full of we like you don't need an armored person to deliver a truck full of nah. uh Jack Daniels. No. Nah. You know. <laughs> so that's a good point. That's actually an excellent point. Um well that's all we got time for. We have time for one tech story, a bunch of bunch a bunch of Comic Con, and I think that's it. Is there anything
2: anything well what do, what do you uh what do you let me ask you, what do you what are you nerding out? On a geeking out this week on oh, anything, and I've been heavy in the cave, man. So, my, my, my geekage level is pretty low right now, but I, I guess this would be kind of like a, a, a geeking out. Like, the, I'm working on this project, the Shaw Brothers. Pretty oh. much, I'm editing Wah! you know, all these kung fu uh, classic films from like 36 yeah. Chambers of Shaolin and down all it's 750 <coughs> of them. So, I'm editing these trailers, and like, man, I'm just so heavy. To Shaolin right now, man. You don't want to mess with me right 36 now. Thirty six chambers. I got. I got a mean punch right now, man. <laughs> Let me ask you this, just really quickly. i I'm not going through all those Shaw
1: Brothers movies because some of them are dope, and some of them are like, are you watching stuff that's like punches don't connect? You can see the wires. Or no, I mean, it's all well, pretty like the, the thing.
2: The thing with the Shaw Brothers is they were they were one of the first. Uh, Movie production companies to to produce these kung fu movies without wires. Right, most of their stunts were actually done by the actors. Oh, okay. And so that's what that makes you them put me up
1: on game right now. That's what
2: makes them unique is that you know a lot of the choreography and you know just the artistry that was put into how they directed the movies. Like it's authentic. Right. It's not. A, it's not the bells and whistles that we see with a lot of karate and kung fu movies today. Look at you on the when, on the Shaw Encyclopedia.
1: You're like actually. <laughs> Truth be told, that's I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I know the Shaw Brothers are, are, are fantastic, and they're big fans of Tarantino's. A huge fan, and then all of those, and it so that's that's a good gig. I'm um I'm still. I got to tell you, I'm all about all day long. Uh, I tell you what, I am geeking out. What I'm not geeking out on, I am geeking out on Guardians of the Galaxy, which I which I, which I'm going to see tonight. Uh, I'm very 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 excited about that. And I mean, that that you know, mild presence at Comic Con and. Very excited about that. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but uh, uh, Dawn the Planet of the Apes was... was an amazing film. Amazing! I loved it <laughs> from from a technological standpoint, and, and just in every standpoint, it's a yeah. really, really great film in a really good way. Sort of lay, you know, continuing this 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 new franchise. Like, good. I want to see the next chapter. What happens to Caesar and all of them next? I mean, yeah. like, if you haven't seen that movie, please, 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 That's a go def- see that film. Go see, um, and go see it in everything, at most, whatever you know, uh, Dolby, you know, digital, flip, three D, whatever you got. Um, but what I'm not geeking out on, I'm going to give an anti shout out. To the leftovers. Mm. No. Mm. Like, I just, you know, I love, people love Damon Lindelof and this whole slow burn, mm. this whole watching seven, eight episodes before anything happens for some payoff that may happen at the top of next season. Like, I, I'm very, very frustrated as a viewer watching multiple episodes of something. And, and I feel like at the end of the episode, I'm just. I'm just watching a mood. You know, I don't need I, – I get that they have a long time to tell the story. It's HBO. Hey, man, we'll get to it. Nine episodes, ten episodes. Just keep watching. I don't want to keep watching. I'm over it. So I'm, I'm, but I, I'm invested, so I'm, like, debating whether I should pull the plug. But I'm really not happy. Leftovers. Are you, are you watching it all? In
3: a, in a more tech news, because that's more TV, yep. um, I want to talk to you guys about this real quick. Yes, I, It of was course. an interview one of our hosts, Kristen Carroll from AfterBuzz TV, did at Comic-Con. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's called The Marvel Experience. And let me see what you think about Hey, everyone, Rick Lee. I'm Kristen
1: Carroll, and I am sitting with Rick Light. He's part of Hero Ventures, and you guys have this amazing project coming out called The Marvel Experience. Tell me a little bit about it.
4: Uh, we couldn't be more excited. Uh, what we're doing, for the most part, is creating a new content distribution vehicle, things that have never been done before. It's a 50,000 square foot mobile domed complex with the Marvel characters that's going to be touring the country uh, three or four weeks in each city. Uh, it's got so many things that haven't been done, uh, we couldn't be more excited. We have the first 4D traveling uh, motion ride. Uh, if you've been to Universal Studios or Disneyland, you've been on these motion rides. We have the fully articulated chairs, and obviously we have Iron Man and Spider-Man, all these wonderful characters. So you're going to be on going on a ride with us for quite a while. We also have the first stereoscopic 360-degree dome and that is uh, basically puts you in a hologram. You know when you watch a 3D movie, stuff comes off the screen at you. Well, this is stuff's coming above, behind, all over. And what we realized when we set it up, it's the first audience experience where the audience isn't all facing the same way.
1: I did see that, let me. I did I did, I did see, see that. there's there a thing um, there's a, a sort of a mini immersive booth there as well. Um I mean, I'm, I got mixed feelings on it, actually, personally. I got mixed, mixed feelings. I think from, a, I think if, if they can deliver on all the hype that they're talking about from a technological standpoint, and have this big dome and have this multiple experience that everyone's experiencing and all these things. And I think it could be something that is really interesting and dope, but I feel like it's just. The cynical side of me just feels like it's these guys who are savvy businessmen who license a lot of the Marvel stuff and were able to, you know, uh, utilize some technology and spend a bunch of money and, and, and do this sort of traveling Cirque du Soleil meets, uh, I don't know what around town. I, 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 I'm really, I'm really, I'd be interested to see when it comes to town, what it looks like, how much it costs, if it's worth it, but I'm a little skeptical. What, what did you think? Steven? No? Oh, I thought you were asking Akili. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, 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 he didn't see it. What do you think of that concept, Akili?
2: I mean, I, I think the concept, you know, it sounds cool, Like, but I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Like, is it similar to, like, the Walking Dead experience that we did the year before?
1: I mean, it's not. It's traveling. The Walking Dead experience, for those you who don't know, is a giant obstacle course uh, at, at Petco Park where zombies chase you around through a bunch of obstacles, and it's it's incredible. You can be a zombie or you can be a human, and it's incredible. That is dope. This is This is more of, like... Uh, a traveling gigantic dome where inside here you have multiple exp- multiple Marvel experiences that are tech-, tech that are technology based. So there's a motion ride, like you said, there's the dome where there's everything's in three D around you and you want to have that experience. And it's just sort of like an opportunity to sort of capitalize on what Marvel's doing.
2: I mean I, mean, I definitely think any any experiential, you know, marketing or or any Any way to fuse like you know these comic book characters with something that 's experiential would be a good idea but, i mean I think especially at events like comic con like that 's effective and I, I know that we were supposed to cover today like in terms of Oculus Rift, and yep. you know how how a lot of uh, ads are being used with the new technology to be able to present you know new content to to fans to consumers, I think this is kind of like along in that same vein. Like, hey, you get to experience you know your favorite character almost like in a, in a different way. So, yeah. I mean, I think if, for the super fans, which is which Comic Con is like, it's perfect. Yeah, I guess it's
1: more cynical side of it feels like that. This is just uh some guys capitalizing on the marble thing with some money and you know throwing some technology at it and trying to capitalize. And I just hope that they're it, it feels like they're sell. I, what the problem is especially with, with, with that and this product it feels like I'm being sold something as opposed to, this is for you, fan I'm curating this for you. It's like hey, you like Marvel? I got some Marvel shit for you so it just, it just feels a little, little schmarmy. I don't know, one last, me. what do you think before we get out?
3: I don't know, I think it's cool as a traveling thing that moves town to town I think it'll be a good chance for people who can't go to Comic Con to get that experience that's kind of technological and puts them in a you know, a place different from their own. Especially since it's 90 minutes long. Right. it's just, it's like experiencing a movie, kinda.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll see. I'll reserve judgment until I see the whole thing up and running and I will, I will definitely check it out because I'm a big fat sucker.
2: Uh, Achilles, where can they find you? You can find me at Achilles Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E on Instagram and Twitter. What about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K.
1: Braswell. Anything you got coming up you wanna talk about? Nah, man. Okay, just the
3: Shaws!
1: Okay, uh, that's it for me. We will see you guys next week.
0: Uh, thanks for joining us on Geek Nerd Tech. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals. Thanks for watching Black Hollywood Live on YouTube. For more in depth interviews and news, subscribe to our channel here and be sure to share your opinion in the comment section below here. See you soon, everyone. Bye.